a person who is providing people their key to tomorrow so you are not raising money you are raising believers a very warm welcome folks to the fourth episode of to a talk podcast an infocola initiative that strives to rekindle the conversational spark on the show today we have mr zahir edenwala the co-founder and cto of keto keto is asia's largest and most trusted crowdfunding platform and mr zahir is a graduate from national university of singapore and is a deep rooted tech enthusiast his contribution to the crowdfunding industry are far excellent his accolade and actions across the board are suggestive of the diversity that characterizes his profile this is rahul somani and i have neel gupta alongside and we will be your host a very warm welcome zahir thank you thank you rahul thank you neel thank you so much for having me here it's my pleasure so let's start with the session when we talk about crowdfunding it is still not that prevalent in india and it is still in the development stage if i can say so 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 what made you and your team realize that crowdfunding was something which can make a difference in our country sure so if i had to rewind the clock back to 2012 my partner at that time varun he was working in a social enterprise organization called dasra and at that time i was a product manager leading products at uh, an organization called directa here in mumbai something that had already as a movement started out in the west primarily in north america was crowdfunding as a concept and digitally crowdfunding with platforms like crowdrise and gofundme etc that existed and when we were actually doing the market research in india around the giving space we realized that there was a huge gap in terms of what the availability was and the kind of people that were raising money and the kind of fees that organizations were paying to raise the kind of money that they were because back then the only way organizations were able to raise money was via offline mediums like door to door sales people or telecalling and both inherently are extremely expensive mechanisms to raise money so we thought you know why not digitalize this in india as a country today after africa the asian subcontinent is where the maximum number of causes are so the market size is big and uh, you know we were very very confident of our ability to build a strong technology platform to address the problem that existed i think that that hypothesis was uh, strong enough for us to build version 1 of what we built and as we built it as we moved along we started working with a lot of partner organizations in the beginning and the kind of success that they saw on our platform gave us more confidence that is when we raised our first round of equity funding back in 2013 and uh, yeah since then it's been a great journey and onwards and upwards that that's very interesting and enlightening so is it that abroad we have seen people opt for crowdfunding for startups and exchange programs to other country has this mindset changed over the years um so to be very honest with you in india this uh, this kind of crowdfunding is still very very nascent i think uh, indians culturally prefer to give to something that they can see a direct impact to our top causes in india are obviously poverty alleviation first hunger alleviation education for the poor and finally then other ancillary causes like the environment and animal welfare etc but when it comes to people raising money for startups i think indians inherently are not 
what they call in the startup world as baby boomers right they are not the early adopters so any kind of products that they are right trying to raise money for india is still not the best market i think uh, europe and us is the best market for that still in terms of people backing their projects that's the reason why people are not doing or that kind of causes those kind of causes are not very very popular in india yet definitely so it's also about the mentality of individuals as of now people are not very much familiar with the concept of crowdfunding here in india as compared to outside so sir keeping this in mind can you describe in three words the key pointers from establishing a brand like keto and running it efficiently i think the three most important things in the chronological order would be perseverance user centricity and data analytics i think these three are the ones that have enabled us to reach where we are perseverance why because entrepreneurship as they say is a lonely journey and there will be a hundred hurdles on the road i'm not saying they're not there anymore but at that point of time it feels a little more difficult to overcome but you have to persevere you have to be extremely confident in yourself in your idea at the same time be realistic about what you're doing and that is where the point number two comes in is which is user centricity where we've always focused all our efforts on users be it the people who are raising money on the platform or people who are giving money on the platform because at the end of the day if they don't see value in what you're doing you are not really building a large enterprise and finally data analytics why because any kind of a b2c company even a lot of now big b2b enterprises are using data in a very very efficient manner but especially for b2c companies it is very very difficult once you achieve a certain amount of scale to be in constantly in touch with your users on a one is to one basis and that is where data plays a very very strong role being able to understand behaviors understand what users are doing why they are doing what their motivations are what their aspirations are and then build out features and services accordingly so those are some really strong words from you and definitely it's the hurdles that shape a human being so keeping that also in mind we see that in the crowdfunding sector where there is competition and the competitors charge a greater percentage of the amount raised than keto and still have a huge monthly visit base despite having a smaller objective criterion so so how are you planning to gain the market share and expand in the following years sure to be very honest with you currently crowdfunding is at a stage where it is not very very price sensitive or economically it's not like a day to day commodity that we are so used to working with right like a toothpaste or a mobile phone where pricing is very very sensitive amongst the if you look at economics in general right now crowdfunding is very heavily driven by obviously a brand value b some sort of a referral value where if uh, you are being recommended a particular platform by xyz and if that platform charges 1% more or 2% more in terms of commission people don't really have an issue with that because it is not very mainstream so to address the first part of the question yes our objective from day 1 was always to reduce the cost of fundraising and over the years when we had started off we had started off with 10% today it is down to 4.5% and our vision for the future is that we should be able to help people raise money for free so the idea is and we are trying to move ahead with our vision in line with our thought process where with bigger scales we can charge lower commission so that we can also sustain ourselves and to answer part 2 of the question in terms of capturing market man uh, to be very honest with you i think great enterprises are built on great value creation and our primary primary objective is again as i said user centricity if we give our users the best experience that is there in the market 
we are very very confident that when we move ahead and crowdfunding which is a blue ocean strategy right now turns more into red ocean keto will be at the forefront because of our core values so that's a very great thought because at the time when you are earning money you are making sure that the public or the um, general people out there they are also having their own benefits sustained it's not that you are charging them a very huge amount so that they cannot afford it it's that you both are working in sync it's a very good thing so so uh, after this how are you planning to filter your campaigns sure so uh, for us it's fairly simple right like if we look at the way the industry has shaped over the last few years crowdfunding now is a market of close to 2000 crores a year in india by my estimates a bulk of it a majority of it i'd say about say 70% of it is being used for medical and healthcare treatments so just to give you an example if people who are undergoing any kind of medical procedures or treatments where the bills are in excess of 3 lakh rupees in certain cases goes up to as high as 40 lakh 50 lakh rupees india being heavily underinsured uninsured country it's very difficult to have those kind of savings to be able to pay for your medical treatment also from a donor perspective trying to actually being able to help somebody who is in need to help save their lives and give them a shot at treatment i think it's a very strong fit between the demand and the supply so from that perspective we are deeply growing our partnerships our focus in the healthcare sector in india we are launching a lot of new products and services so we are growing horizontally not only vertically so when we talk about crowdfunding crowdfunding is one vertical where people are being able to raise money for their healthcare needs however our bigger vision is to grow more horizontal where we can address various other aspects of healthcare that a patient or the patient's family goes through on a day to day basis from a marketing standpoint or from a campaign standpoint there is no set campaign per se uh, that will help us grow growth for our sector has been tremendous it's been more than 100% year on year and uh, as i mentioned earlier right like covid also again has played a large role in bringing a lot of awareness to crowdfunding because people started using crowdfunding more and more and have realized the value of a platform like this again as i mentioned earlier right there are these inflection points or these uh, trigger moments that us as entrepreneurs are constantly looking for and it seems like facebook has also now started fundraising as a feature on their platform in india so i think that is great for all of us crowdfunding platforms because the awareness of raising money is going to increase tremendously and i think people who are maintaining a strong brand and creating a lot of value for its users platforms like this will gain the most out of this whole outcome yeah like that's uh, something you have hit the nail and it's actually need of an hour in india especially right now so you know what every entrepreneur look for like a starting of their days in college or in their post graduate field so when you were our age what had you thought you would become or there was some thought of like being an entrepreneur always on your mind um so when i was your age i really did not have much in my mind from a career perspective i was not very very focused on what i want to do i was just swinging by most things i used to love coding always unfortunately i don't know why at that time i was not acknowledging the fact that i love coding i was a closet coder since grade 11 i think and i was building various websites and platforms etc etc but mostly for my passion for coding and not for creating an enterprise or a business perspective and i think uh, somewhere there that mentality maybe you know i always had that little spark in me where i want to do something about what i can build by myself and reach out to a lot of people and impact a lot of people 
So to be very honest with you, my thought process started changing when I started working in the industry is when I started realizing what actually goes into building an organization. It's not only about building a website or building a page or building one campaign on Facebook or on social media. There are like so many other pieces to the puzzle, right? And um, I think the amazing experience that I've gained during my working years, especially with Directi, because I have had some amazing mentors who are my seniors there who are still my mentors in life. And I still reach out to them in my moments of confusion or if I am not sure which direction I should be heading in. So I think the entrepreneurship bug bit me at around 26, 27. However, we've also been fortunate now in our journey with Keto to be able to interview and speak to so many amazing students uh, that are coming out of all our great institutions in India now and I think entrepreneurship is something that just comes to you I think you cannot pursue it because you want to become an entrepreneur I think it's uh, part of your personality it's part of your culture and if you have it you have it right because uh, if everyone is an entrepreneur then who will work for an entrepreneur it's a very evenly balanced equation and uh, I think it's been obviously it, it works out for some it doesn't work out for some but I think everyone should give it a shot because the kind of learnings that one can have on this journey is phenomenal because the failures are so much more and the responsibilities are so much higher. So I would definitely urge everyone to give it a shot at some point. It depends on what kind of liabilities and responsibilities you have at that point. But yeah, as you rightly said, the younger the age, the lesser the liabilities and I think the better the opportunity to be able to freely explore your passions. Definitely, sir. So I totally agree with what you said about seniors being a good role model for us in being that person whom we look forward to being in future. So, sir, a few minutes back, you spoke about medical crowdfunding. And it's something that definitely has our attention. And it's not just us. It's about many people out there. Because people living in rural areas or people who are not that privileged, they have to spend lots of money for the huge medical costs. So can you please tell us more about this medical crowdfunding and how it's going to reach all those people out there? Sure. So I'll just give you some statistics to begin with. Um, we all know that India is heavily uninsured. That means people don't have health insurance. People who have in health insurance also are underinsured, which means that you have a coverage of around let's say 1 to 2 lakh rupees, the average in India is 1 lakh, which covers most of your regular treatments. But if you were to ever be diagnosed with something serious or what they call as non-communicable diseases, uh, like a cancer, where your treatment is like a transplant or if you have to go through multiple chemo sessions or something to do with the heart or the brain, most likely than not, your bills will be in excess of 5 lakh rupees. And this is where the pinch is very, very hard. On a yearly basis, and this statistic is from 2018, from a Bain study that was done in India, $80 billion, $80 billion was spent on out-of-pocket healthcare expenses. When I say out-of-pocket, I mean people spending on healthcare from their own savings, not from insurance or loans, etc., which is a huge amount for a country like India and the kind of GDP that we have, the kind of average income we have, that's a huge amount. Secondly, every year, Close to 15 million people in India are pushed below poverty line because of medical expenses, which means that somebody in their family has been diagnosed with something serious and to fulfill their treatment costs, they are having to sell their, maybe their house, their jewelry, their exhausting all their savings, their cars, etc. Just so that their family member can get the treatment and thereby which they are getting pushed below the poverty line. 
so these two numbers itself is staggering enough right and it kind of helps us understand how big the market for this would be because why should people lose their livelihoods in life in order to fulfill or get good treatment for their family members or their loved ones and that is why we believe that there is a huge 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 scope in medical fundraising in a country like india where people let's say just if i have to give an example for you rahul and neel when you guys were in college and if you all had a friend in college who needed 10 lakh rupees and if he came from a lower middle class family both of you all and your friends from college could just set up a fundraiser for said xyz and help him raise this 10 lakh rupees so that his parents have not exhausted all the money that they have because treatment cost is one right there is a lot of cost involved in living your life post treatment as well so if you look at how people are paying for their medical costs obviously insurance is number 1 if you have insurance your insurance will pay for it number 2 is some sort of savings not too large where you could put in number 3 used to be taking loans or selling your assets where now crowdfunding is kind of taking that position so crowdfunding is in the position number i would say about 2.5 where people are using their savings as well as crowdfunding campaigns to be able to pay for their medical treatments because loans also are dangerous right like you might take a 10 lakh 20 lakh rupee loan but if your monthly income is 20000 rupees you are going to spend the next 10 years of your life just servicing that loan again that's where i think the crowdfunding and medical has become a very strong fit and uh, that is the fastest growth cause that we are seeing on our platform yeah like you have given a proper idea of how this medical crowdfunding will actually work and you have given a best example like how we can raise like how we used to raise money for a person if he is in need so like you know there's one question in my mind whenever i think of a startup or there must be many of like me who have this question like how one can approach investors especially for the ideation phase of startup when their product is not ready for the market but the idea is well established yeah so i think uh, one thing that investors are always looking for is uh, market size so whatever idea that you all may have if you can estimate how big the market size is that is something that is really really interesting to investors to begin with number 2 is obviously what is your strategy of finding that product market fit again this is something that is not of extreme importance why because if you look at the biggest companies in the world also nobody expects that you make one strategy and then you stick with that strategy for the rest of the life right strategy is something which is so agile nowadays that you can constantly tweak it and move it around to find that product market fit thereby which point number 1 again the market size is extremely extremely important and finally the team i think investors completely understand the fact that if the team is strong enough and the market size when i say market size the problem and the how many people does the problem affect if that itself is very very strongly established and if your team is strong i mean come on i think there is a it's a 8 out of 10 chance that smart people will come together and find a solution to that problem so i would say market size team and obviously some sort of a go to market strategy so like is it a way like investors think that uh, we should choose that startup which has the team you know they have a proper background you know have a proper post graduate background basically they are what they are looking for or a work experience background so is it like that no so disagree on both uh, some of the guys who have been raising money in india do not have a great post graduate background or great work experience behind them 
when i meant team i meant the softer skills i meant the finer skills that people possess today not what your degrees are obviously degrees help i'm not saying no but investors are looking for you as a person you as an individual what are your passions what is your track record been how do you approach problem solving what are your analytical skills etc and do they see that those kind of qualities in you that could end up becoming a leader so degrees do help yes but i think softer skills finer skills are having more weightage from an investor perspective so yeah like there must be a clear prospect of anyone who is looking to start their idea right there in the market field so they can have this idea that not only funding like funding is not that thing that investors only look for the great work ex or something who has done a from a b school or something like that so moving on you know there are also those non tech entrepreneurs who want to develop something but you know they end up working on a highly tech driven product so how should they you know bridge the gap between from where they were like from non tech entrepreneur to a tech driven product um so i think first and foremost they should definitely go and look out for a tech co-founder if they are at an early stage in their life so if they are on the better side of 20s they do not have enough experience working in the market also and getting enough tech experience to be able to hire someone senior in tech who maybe is not a co-founder why i say co-founder is because you know in the beginning of the journey it is extremely important that the people who are working together their motivation levels are as high as each other otherwise what ends up happening is that if there is just a single founder company it kind of ends up being myopic in certain senses because there's only one perspective to look at everything from so i would strongly urge entrepreneurs who have a great idea which can be solved by technology to go and look for a like minded person who you are compatible with but somebody who is from the technology field because both of you all together are the ones who will be able to build this entire company out to be able to outsource it initially in the first phase till you can maybe raise some equity to convince someone to join on board yes that works but in the long run it is better to have someone full time with you preferably in a co-founder status definitely sir with the advent of technology now people in india are also accepting the different changes that are coming up so keeping in mind this dynamic situation so what are your views on equity based crowdfunding a platform where kickstarter had a very successful run will it be effective in a country like india i feel uh, yes because the number of startups that are actually coming out of india right now by sheer volume of our uh, population is higher than most other countries in the world so i think equity based crowdfunding does have merit in india however rbi currently and sebi they have a regulation against equity based crowdfunding uh, in fact they have a regulation against online equity fundraising where no platform is allowed to raise money via an equity medium online so i think uh, if rbi and sebi the regulations change i think we'll have a clearer picture but my sense would be that maybe we should be able to see a few good really good organizations come up through equity based crowdfunding if and when it opens up that'll be great sir if in future we get access to this equity based crowdfunding platform so sir taking it from there we see that in most organizations the value of transparency has been reduced people are not so transparent amongst each other also it's very difficult for the common public to develop a trust in something like online transactions like it was during a time in 2011 or 12 when people are just building that trust so how did you navigate through that phase 
when you started so i think caste is one of the biggest barriers or was the one of the biggest barriers to keto becoming successful because uh, as you rightly said people don't trust online transactions a let alone trust donations because the whole non-profit space the donation space in india is anyways frowned upon and people perceive it to be scam hai ke you know jhol hai or something like that so we've spent a lot of our energies in building that trust and when i say building that trust we mean again you know constantly monitoring and evaluating all the fund disbursement that are happening through our platform to our partners and making sure that the funds are being used for exactly why they were asking for it in the first place so for us breaking that trust barrier was extremely extremely important and i think that is one of the reasons why we are successful today part 2 of the question was um, our digital transactions and i think again if you look at any ecosystem if you look at india as an ecosystem as an economy we went through a couple of cycles because of which people did not have a choice but to adopt digital economy as a way of moving forward right demonetization played a huge huge role so if you look at organizations like paytm who are doing this whole wallet business because again people were not very comfortable putting their credit card details or their net banking details online suddenly a lot of people found merit in a mode of payment which was digital and with covid now with everything trying to become contactless i think people's perceptions are changing so much with these external factors and we are all benefiting from it because if i had to go back to 2012 13 at that point of time we used to accept cash as a mode of payment because people were not very comfortable paying through your cards or your uh, there were no wallets or uh, upi or anything at that point but as time has moved on today on our platform 50% of the transactions are made via upi which goes to show that obviously a india has a huge population of millennials uh, probably the highest in the world people who are under the age of 40 and these are the ones who really adopt to newer technologies and uh, newer ways of uh, transacting online the fastest so the adoption of digital transactions has become very very seamless because of technology and people's mindsets have shifted drastically thereby which platforms like us or anyone who is working in the digital transaction space is doing extremely well like i can speak for my friends who work at amazon and flipkart as well their number of cash on deliveries is reducing year on year year on year now because people are more comfortable transacting online that's very true like having said about transparency is it you know in a team of two or three or four as a co-founder so many a times it happens that equal efforts aren't put by the other co-founders so how does one is distribute the stake at this startup sorry i forgot to address the point of transparency uh, let me answer this question first so i think initially it's all about who is asking who right and i think there is no framework or no template for the question that you asked me I think it is something that as a co-founder you all have to come in agreement to in terms of who is going to add what kind of value to the organization and thereby distribute equity amongst yourself and I think once that is done it is absolutely pointless going back and thinking it over and over ke whether I did it right whether I did it wrong do I deserve more do I deserve less what is done is done you have to only always look forward and keep on moving forward so i think that kind of transparency and trust amongst co-founders also is extremely important because there are enough studies about great companies great product everything but because the co-founders never got along that company went bust or had to shut down so i think that level of transparency and trust is extremely extremely important 
Another trust really, really important is within the organization also, because the size of your organization is increasing. You know, there are more than 100 employees now working in the organization. So as a business, as an entrepreneur, as the owner of the business, it is very, very important to be completely transparent also about your vision, about your mission, about what you want to do, how you want to go ahead and do it. Because without that kind of clarity, it is very, very difficult to align the entire organization to walk in the same or run in the same direction. And this is something that we've learned, obviously, the hard way. Uh, We didn't have these kind of processes, this kind of systems in place. But over the last two, three years, we've built in some new measures, mechanisms where literally in Keto today, everybody knows what the other person is doing because all our KPIs, KRAs, goals, targets, whatever you call them, everything is out there in the open. So anyone in the organization can see what my targets are. I can see what anyone else's targets are and vice versa across the board. And I think that really helps aligning the entire organization to run towards the same goal as opposed to different teams doing different things. Yeah, like that's very enlightening to hear about the transparency in the organization which has built up so well in India right now. So I know you are a tech enthusiast, but apart from tech, is there any part of your job which you enjoy the most or you look after and the other like find the most tiring at the same time? Yes, I, I, I love technology and I love products. However, I'm taking a keen interest now in a lot of uh, revenue-driven decision-making as well about how so I'm working closely with my finance team and deploying systems and deploying processes as to how we can look at our finances more tightly where you know leaks are in terms of costs and where our opportunities are in terms of revenue to uh, you know create a better margin for Keto as an organization. From a tiring perspective, uh, honestly, man, I really enjoy what I do. Overall, yes, it does get tiring because you are so mentally involved with everything that is happening daily. It gets very, very difficult to detach from work when you come back home or over the weekends. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's it's that fun kind of tiring which you get from a workout or a run as well. where You are getting tired, but you are also adrenaline is pumping. So it, it is helping you push forward. Yeah, like so basically you are going more towards finance apart from tech right now because you have already, you know, explored tech part of your site. So that's very great. And like if I would have to ask one question, like if you were given a chance to work for some other startup or you any startup you look for. So what, you know, and what uh, would it be like any sort of a startup which you look for or you think you should have been a part of that startup? So I am actually very, very fortunate to have worked with DirectEye. I'm not sure if you guys know about the whole story, uh, but basically it was founded by these two Turakya brothers in the early 2000s or the late 90s. And they both bootstrapped their company, built it from ground up at their peak, had more than, I think, 3,000 employees, sold four of their businesses for about $1.5 billion. And I'm fortunate enough to work with one of the brothers when I was at Direct Eye. So I think uh, for, I, I really, really cherish my time there. And I, uh, as I said, I said, mentioned earlier, having mentors in your career is extremely important. And all my ex-seniors from Direct Eye are still my mentors in life. And I still reach out to them for advice whenever I need it. Uh, so that, yes. Moving forward, if I had to really work for somebody, I am a big fan of Elon Musk his vision, the way he goes about, does his things. 
and the fact that he has actually made rocket science so cool now right because we all use the sentence that it's not rocket science because rocket science was perceived to be extremely complicated a matter but i think what he is doing with tesla and spacex and the kind of movement and the kind of impact that he is creating in this world today though they are not startups he still runs them as though it is day one for them would love to be part of those organizations to see at that scale and with those kind of leaders how things happen yeah like uh, absolutely that's everyone's dream right now to look after for or to look you know to look to work under mr elon musk so yeah moving ahead so definitely there's a charm in being an entrepreneur and you know having fun in what you're doing you love what you do and that's what the best thing about it is so taken from there like you know how competitive human beings are and even when they try to achieve everything it so happens that they aren't able to do something or maybe they miss something so sir if you could go to your past what's the one thing you've changed about your journey so far um uh, to be honest i think if whenever i get a chance to speak to aspiring entrepreneurs i say that i would go and not be afraid of failures i think because in my journeys i have learned the most out of failures success doesn't teach you as much as what failures teach you because it makes you rethink everything that you thought was right and go back to the drawing board stage and go back to the initial genesis of what the thought was and then build it out again and when you fail at something and then maybe the second time or the third time or the 10th time when you succeed at getting it right i think it is a fabulous experience in terms of not only building your own confidence but the kind of backing your own ability to find a solution no matter how difficult it might seem at that point so i think everyone early on in their lives are always looking to get everything right and accepting the fact that hey you know what you can go wrong and you can make wrong decisions i think that is something that i would also love to change about myself earlier on where i think failures should be embraced definitely sir there's some very kind words from you so sir if on the same note if you could go to the future what is that one thing you definitely want to achieve um so for us the goal was uh, you know very very simple to begin with uh, is to touch as many lives as possible in whatever fashion right and when i say touch lives i don't mean from a social context where you are helping them raise money or something like even uber or instagram etc touching immense number of lives and my dream always is to build technology or a consumer product that touches more than a billion lives on this planet everything that we do at keto everything i do i spend my energies at is always trying to keep that kind of thought process in my head as to how do we touch more and more lives on a day to day basis and add some value or enhance their experience in the minutest fashions but make it a little more positive better than what it was before they touched our products yeah like that's very true so now we have come to that section of the podcast where we ask our guest about the unpopular opinion so sir what unpopular opinion you want to share with our audience which is not in the limelight right now but you want to bring front forth again this is from my own personal experience uh, me being a tech guy i think uh, i was the most against this because i never understood it which is i think you all touched upon this earlier which is called the brand and brand marketing and uh, most entrepreneurs today especially the tech ones brand marketing as a concept is subjective in nature it is not objective and all of us tech people always look for objective answers out of every problem in this world and unfortunately brand marketing does not have very strong stringent objective answers 
and i think the opinion that a company at its very initial stage does not really need to look invest in its brand doesn't need to invest in brand perception values etc i think that opinion i had obviously we functioned like that for the first 3 4 years with keto and eventually realized that man you know like building a strong brand with core values is as important as building a strong technology platform that drives conversions or users to enjoy your engagement etc so i think one unpopular opinion i want to break through is that brand building a brand or bringing a brand values at a early stage in a startup is not important but i feel it is very very important those are some remarkable words so a true leader has no interest in himself or his position but has an abiding passion to the purpose of life a true leader is responsive accountable and responsible something which can be easily associated with you sir so with this we have come to the end of the podcast it was great learning experience for us youngsters and to explore such an interesting idea in itself so we are delighted to have you in the show thank you sir for your time team infoqala wishes you best of luck for your future endeavors thanks a lot guys thank you for having me it was a pleasure for me as well and good luck to you guys and good luck to team infoqala we are delighted to have you sir this is neel gupta along with my co-host rahul chamani for today we like to urge our fellow audience to stay tuned and follow us on all our social media platforms thank you stay connected stay safe